this morning we're going to be studying uh, part of the life of Moses. And uh, this lesson, I think, is one that we need because there is a tendency in the Christian church for people to assume that because they are in some little place or because they are not holding some grand position, that uh, they are not in a position to really be used by the Lord. This may be the way that the world looks at things, but this is not at all the way God does things. And this is taught to us in our lesson today. There is a book written by Dr. Francis Schaeffer called No Little People and No Little Places. And it came out of his early ministry, and by the way, there'll be a Labrie, which is the title of Dr. Schaefer's uh, ministry uh, series in June in Atlanta, and there's an announcement about it on the bulletin board. Dr. Schaefer uh, said that early in his ministry, he began to think of himself as being in a little place and not having any large sphere of influence and wondering just how useful he really was. And then he studied the life of Moses, and he saw how God had used the rod, just the old shepherd's staff, which was four to six feet long that a shepherd carried. Many people love their walking sticks. I remember Brown Hoyt in our church used to keep many different kinds of walking sticks that he walked here in Montreat with. He, well, Moses kept that old rod. And he spent 40 years in the deserts of Midian, which we'll look at in just a minute. And God showed him that when he, when God, put his blessing on that old stick of wood, that it could be used with great power, both to bring judgment on an oppressive people and to bring deliverance to them and to show forth God's glory. And there are no little people, and there are no little places. You may be too big for God to use, but you are not too little for God to use. This morning I asked my wife at the breakfast table, and by the way, she's going to demand equal time if I don't quit citing her, uh, 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 who the father and mother of Moses were. And uh, when I told her the name of Moses' mother and father, she said, I did not know that. Well, there wouldn't have been any Moses if there hadn't have been these people who were his parents, uh, Jacob and Amram, the, the persons who brought him into the world. Moses is one of the greatest figures in all of the history of the human race. And then when you look into the New Testament, you see that the greatest of all of God's gifts to us was one who was born in a stable, in a stall of a donkey or an oxen, in the city of Bethlehem, a little insignificant, out-of-the-way village. Only a few wise men made their journey there. Some nondescript shepherds came, a couple of old folk in the temple, Anna and Simeon, knew about it. Just little people. But God reveals his wonderful ways to people who are humble enough to be open for his truth. 
And so today let me show you a little bit about how God uses Moses. You will remember that after his birth he had been brought up in the court of Pharaoh. And I begin reading at uh, verse verse 11 of chapter 2. And now it came about in those days when Moses had grown up that he went out to his brethren and he looked on their hard labors and he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. And so he looked this way and that. And when he saw there was no one around, he struck down the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. And he went out the next day, and behold, two Hebrews were fighting with each other, and he said to the offender, Why are you striking your companion? But he said, Who made you a prince or a judge over us? Are you intending to kill me as you kill the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid, and he said, Surely this matter has become known. And when Moses when Pharaoh heard of this matter, he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from the presence of Pharaoh and settled in the land of Midian. And he sat down by a well. And now the priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came to draw water and fill their troughs to water their father's flock. Then the shepherds came and drove them away. But Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. And when they came to Ruel, their father, he said, Why have you come back so soon? And they said, An Egyptian delivered us from the hand of the shepherds, and what's more, he even drew the water for us and watered the flock. And he said to his daughters, Where is he then? Why is it that you have left the man behind? Invite him to have something to eat. And Moses was willing to dwell with the man. And the man gave his daughter Zephra to Moses. Then she gave birth to a son, and he named him Gershom, for he said, I have been a sojourner in a foreign land. Now it came about the course of those many days that the king of Egypt died, and the sons of Israel sighed because of the bondage, and they cried out, and their cry for help rose up to God. So God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And God saw the sons of Israel, and God took notice of them. Amen. May God add to us an understanding of this part of his word. Let us all pray. O God, our Father, thou hast been wonderfully good to us to cause us to be born in a land so full of freedom and in a place where we enjoy great abundance and where we have been given the precious gift of worship according to the dictates of our own conscience. We bless thee that we may bring up our children in a faith in Jesus Christ. And because we have this great and high privilege we ask that you will cause us to be faithful and good examples for them to follow. Forgive us wherein we fail thee. We bless thee for the morning school and for its ministry to many, many people in our community. 
We pray for a blessing upon every home and every child. And we pray this day that you will take not only the gifts which we bring to thee in the collection, but also the gift of our heart and speak to our hearts and cause us to bend our wills to thy will to do the thing that will honor you with our lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. The life of Moses is divided up into three easily easy to remember categories. I read you the center section of the life because uh, of a devotion last week that I read. It was on being faithful to God in the commonplace activities of everyday life. We tend often not to think of the little acts of kindness or the omission of an act of kindness which we should have done. And this makes us less than what we should be as Christians. All too often, we come to worship not really for God to change us, but for God to stroke us and to comfort us in our losses or our fears. We have no intention of changing our mind toward anyone that we know. We have no intention of bending our wills to follow him. We monotonously come and drone through worship, but we will not yield the one thing which he wants most, which is our will. I read a, a biting bit of sarcasm that expresses this so well that I had it typed out to read this morning. Wilbur Reese wrote these words, quote, I would like to buy three dollars worth of God please. Not enough to explode my soul or disturb my peace, but just enough to equal a cup of warm milk or a snooze in the sunshine. I don't want enough of him to make me love the man I hate or to forgive the person who's cheated me. What I want is ecstasy, not transformation. I 